the Art and Industry of Business and Living podcast, discussing conscious choices around business, money, life and living, and creating a greater future for you and the planet. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art and Industry of Business and Living. You're with Simone Millis as your host, and I have three people on today. I was going to say, is this the first time I've had this many people? But it's the second time, second time, best time. So I have Lauren, who's actually living down the road from me and is involved in being you classes as well as amongst many other things. But that's what she's representing here today on the What Else Is Possible show. So welcome, Lauren. Hi. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) So and we may hear the joy of her children in the background at some stage. (laughs) They've been very squealy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she said, do you mind if the kids start screaming? I was like, I don't mind natural noises. So <laughs> It's happy squeals so far. <laughs> exactly. The natural noises of children. And then we have a mother and daughter pair. So we have Margie and Rebecca Holtz from New Zealand. They are in Australia at the moment. But what they're coming on to talk about is one of the specialties that they're involved in is called Right Riches for You. So welcome, Margie and Rebecca. Hi, Simone. Hi, everyone. Hello. Awesome. So what we're going to talk about today is what else is possible? Because this is an obvious promotion for something that we have coming up soon. So I'm just going to shoot out right now and say it. We have a what else is possible day, which is part of access consciousness and part of the specialty classes that we have available. So basically people use access consciousness tools in any area of your life you think is not working for you. Okay any area of your life you think is not working for you because most people think they have a problem with something. So basically access consciousness has a whole bunch of specialty classes like joy of business. Hello. You've heard that before, right? Riches for you being you and changing the world, right? Voice for you, conscious horse, conscious rider. God, we've got so many conscious parents, conscious kids. So there's a bunch of them. X-Men, X-Men, which is awesome. It's all about people with um, autism, ADHD, OCD, etc. But what we do have is a day in Noosa, Australia. So if you're somewhere in the world, you can jump on a plane and fly over. Why not? I hear they have special tickets. Or you can actually join us on live stream, which means you can watch from the comfort of your home. It is on the 5th of December. So if you're listening to this in, say, the US, that means it's your 4th of December. Now, any of you ladies actually have the link of where they can go? You can go to accessconsciousness.com forward slash W-E-I-P. See, there you go, W-E-I-P for what else is possible. So let's get started with this because I want to give you guys a little bit of a taster here. So let's start with Margie and Rebecca. What made you get interested in facilitating classes on Right Riches for you? You, Simone. Um, (laughs) You said to or said to me, hey, you could do this. And I went, oh, okay. I have knowledge that I can share with people that would be useful. Things that I take for granted and know and tools that I use every day to create my life, my living. And so yeah, what better way to share than through the right riches vehicle? I love that. And I just want to touch on that because a lot of the time, whatever you find is, you know, ah, I'm, this is so easy to do this. I can do this. Anyone could do this. You have that point of view or what something that you may think is useless. You don't value it. It's usually what you're fantastic at and you're great at and you can make money from. 
So everywhere that you're not acknowledging what you're great at and you can actually make money from it, where you destroy and uncreate it, times of God's Ian, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And if you are first listening to this and haven't heard the awesome Access Consciousness Clearing Statement, go to theclearingstatement.com and my good friend Dr. Dane explains it all to you because I want to get into the good stuff here. So I was actually referring with Margie about her capacity to make money into money, wealth into wealth. And what I saw was how she worked with real estate and stocks, et cetera. And like I said, making money from money. So Margie, tell me a little bit about how you got started in that. Did you study anything? Did you just sort of stumble across it? Or what was that for you? I realized a while ago that I actually learned about it and got interested when I was working for a superannuation fund in Australia when I lived in Canberra. And I was working for a a department that dealt with millions of dollars on a daily basis. And I saw how to create money out of money. And so I got interested in that and started to create my own wealth. As we had money to invest, we would invest it in real estate. And once we could uh, leverage that property, we invested more real estate. So what was your first investment? My first investment was probably adventure when I was maybe 11 or 12. Wow. My father said that if I saved a certain amount of money, he would match it and it would go in a dementia on a long-term interest. That's cool. And that was fun for you at 11, 12 years old? I wish my son would, would be interested in that. Yeah, well, I was, he was going to double my money, basically. Whatever I saved, he was going to match it. So I was in. <laughs> so you actually had a love of money and a love of wealth and an ability to receive at 11, 12 years of age. Yeah, I hadn't really realized that, but yes, I did. And it was quite exciting because in those days, you actually had a physical piece of paper with my name on it and it had the amount on it and it it went in this special tin where all our share certificates and things went. So it was quite special because it was my first one and I can really remember it. That's really cool, Margie. I love that story. And then you kept on purchasing more and more things and investing more in you. So where else did you learn from or what else could you offer the listeners on how to get started with this? I think you have to be interested in money and find out about it. I read numerous books on wealth creation, Penny Capitalist, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and learned what money are assets and what appear to be assets but aren't really. So the things that will actually make money for you and not take money from you. A lot of people tend to think that the house they live in is an asset. But unless you're doing something else with it to bring income in, it is not actually going to be an asset for you. So things like that and how to diversify and where else to put your money apart from what the obvious things are. There are so many different places that you can invest money for good returns that are not overly risky but slightly outside of what people would consider normal or mainstream. So what I can see too is you guys are literally touching on, you know, one of those topics that people don't like to talk about. It's sort of, you know, how people whisper, you know, drugs, 
and they whisper, you know, money. <laughs> because you're actually talking about a love of money. And when you said, you know, start learning about it, educate yourself around money and what it is you'd like to create. I know, I mean, you're talking about, you know, if you own a house, one stage at my parents, my dad loved investing in different businesses and he would do it all the time. And my mother would complain and all of this sort of stuff. They bought a house in Noosa and my mother literally said, that's it, Leon, you know, no more. And I watched her cap what they could create because she wasn't willing to use this house in Noosa as equity or use that to create something else. She wasn't willing to take the risk. So what would you say to people out there who have this, I want to say hatred of money or this not willingness to talk about money uh, and not willingness to take some sort of risk? Where, where can they start to change that point of view? The thing is, people do have different risk profiles depending, I guess, on what their experience is with money. Initially, when I started out and we were investing in real estate, I would say my risk level wasn't overly high. I had a great reticence every time my husband would say, we're buying another property and I'd have to sign the documents. I'd go, oh, no. And then I think it got to we had a certain level of equity and I went, oh, this is okay. I'm fine. We have backing. So what I would suggest to people who want to take risk but are not quite comfortable with it, build up your 10% account so you have what's comfortable for you in that account and keep it there and then you can go on with other investments that might be slightly riskier. There's books out there on how to find higher interest rates or good property or high dividend yielding stocks. There's lots of information on the internet and different places, but educate yourself. That is the key to lessening your risk, as well as having a cash, what I call a cash cushion. Cash flow. <laughs> I remember I, I met I met someone once, this very successful businessman in South Africa, and he said to me, there's three important things in life. And he said something like, you know, love, gratitude and faith or something like that. And he said, and then there's cash flow. <laughs> I was like, that is correct. So, Margie, I, I'd love to have you on at some point and just talk to you because I find this incredibly interesting, of course. And Rebecca, what was it like growing up with your mother and father who were constantly investing and creating wealth from wealth, etc.? What was that like for you? Well, I mean, the one thing is you could never bullshit yourself or pretend not to know about money. <laughs> As in, like, I could never grow up ignoring money or not knowing about it or not even knowing how things cost. Like, I remember if I would say something like, I want a tiara, and my dad would say things like, how much money does a tiara cost? And I would have to go and find out. And I couldn't have it until I knew how much money it cost. Or um, like one of the exercises that my mom made us do as part of, because I was homeschooled for a lot of my childhood as well, was every day we had a new balance of money to spend and it doubled the next day. And you had to spend it all. But you couldn't just say, I'm going to buy a boat. You would have to like look in a magazine or research on the internet and find exactly the kind of boat that you were going to buy and how much money it was going to cost and how much money you had left and then how much else you would need to spend. And so you could dream about anything you wanted to as part of the game, but you couldn't just be vague. You had to know what everything cost. 
I love that. I think that's brilliant. And it's funny because Brendan, my partner, he said that he grew up with his, when he asked anything about money, his parents would say, it's none of your business. So the one thing that we've made sure that we've done with Nash is if he asks any questions about anything, we tell him what it costs so that he has the awareness of it. But that is not usual to grow up with that. I love that involving your kids and actually having the ability to, you know, learn and educate themselves about money at such an early age. And I can't say that I loved it and enjoyed it all the time. (laughs) You just wanted a tiara. (laughs) Exactly. I just wanted a tiara, okay? But, like, I didn't always enjoy it, but I did know why it was important. And so then when I started, you know, looking for the career that I wanted to create, and I chose that I wanted to be a dancer, and I remember my parents sitting me down, and they said, we get that you want to be a dancer, and we think that's great, and we will support you in anything that you want to do. Do you also get that you're a bit of a princess? And I went, yeah, I I know that. It wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit. It was a straight out conversation. And they said, and how much money does a dancer make? And I was like, not that much. And I didn't really want to talk about it. And they said, what if you did a business as well as a dancing career? And then I went, yeah, 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 I'll do that later. But right now I have to go to dance training because I have to be better. And they said, okay, just keep this in mind. And because it was a conversation between the two of us about creating my future and not you have to do this and you're going to need to do this if you want to be happy, like a threat, it was like, hey, we want you to be happy and we also want you to do what you want to do. So how can you do more than one thing? And then I went to a second dance school and I'd come from this like Russian ballet boot camp for like, you know, 12 to 16 hour days and very stressful, very full on. And I got up to this dance school in Wellington and it was, oh yeah, rock up at eight, go home at three. Now what are you going to do? And meeting someone that can't sit still went, oh, well, maybe I'll start this business thing. And so I started learning about business, but my parents had planted the seed for me to create a future that would work for me. And I remember being the only one when I was studying. And you know, when you're a student, you're supposed to be poor and not have any money and not be able to do anything fun apart from go out and get really drunk on the weekends. But I had money to do anything I wanted. And I, I didn't really know why, I just knew that it was weird that I had money and no one else did. And it was because my parents had always encouraged me to be aware of what it cost me to live my life. Maybe not as specifically as as I know now using the access tools, but you're basically like a supercharger for what we know about money. But I did always just know that I would have to have more than one income stream. I would need to know how much money what I was doing was actually making and would that be enough for me. And so through my parents never telling me what to do because they couldn't anyway because I would never listen but strongly encouraging certain choices that might create more for me. Well, they actually gave you the energy of what else is possible. Exactly. I love that. I love listening to you guys because <laughs> it's like you they empowered you to have choice and yet gave you the education and you could choose that or not choose that. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that you're actually the creative producer of Joy Business, so I do get to work with you. <laughs> you know, a lot, you're involved in many of the projects that I'm involved in as well. So I do get to see how you function with that. So I love it. The taste of right riches for you and what else is possible. I love this. So let's go over to Lauren for a second. Miss Lauren. So one of the, I mean, Lauren, again, works on many, many different projects and many, many different things that, that I work with. She's also a joy business facilitator. 
Uh, she works with Access Consciousness. She's a Being You facilitator. And that's what I would like us to talk about for a few minutes here today is it's based on a book uh, written by Dr. Dane here, Being You, Changing the World. And if you want to go check that out, go to Dr. Dane here or the Being You book. And it's it's a phenomenal book in the sense of, you know, it talks about being you in every aspect mm-hmm. of life, which is great because being you covers everything. I mean, being you as a parent, being you with money, being you in business, being you with your body, being you with sex. It's like in relationship, everything. So I know that you're going to be with Heather Nichols uh, from the US as well on the What Else Is Possible Day and having that segment with it being you. Do you have anything that you want to give the listeners of what they would be getting out of that or what is being you? <laughs> well, Heather and I had a chat yesterday about this exact conversation. We were like, wow, we could really go anywhere with this. And we did talk about some of those things. Being, what is being you with your body? What is being you in, in relationship, business and all of that? And then we started talking about being bad and being you, which was really fun. <laughs> so being naughty, being I like naughty. that. <laughs> be bad, be you. Um, being a terrible mom. <laughs> exactly, being terrible. And so we had a fun chat about how much more fun it is to be bad than to be good, and how when you're willing to be bad or wrong or terrible, that it actually gives you the freedom to to be you and also to create and change you every day. And I use my terrible two-year-olds as a great example of that. <laughs> and they're just so willing to be bad. And they don't really even, like, they would never consider themselves that they were being bad. Although, as parents, we go, oh, God, they were so bad today. Or, you know, they just wanted to do the opposite of everything we wanted them to do. And that's bad. And it's like, they don't see it that way. They just get what they want. And if they don't, then they're upset. <laughs> So can you talk a little bit about how like someone listening to this, uh, especially if they haven't been to an access consciousness class, it's like bad would be defined as, you know, judging ourselves or going to the wrongness, which we spend most of the time doing anyway, going to the wrongness of us. So how do you flip that and look at that in a different light? Well, it's sort of like everywhere you're trying to get it right or be perfect. If you go, okay, what if I did this totally wrong? like this podcast. If we were willing to do this totally wrong and my kids would scream, oh, see, right on cue. Natural sounds. It's called natural. If there were lots of natural sounds during this podcast, I totally forgot what to say. <laughs> I forgot how to speak. My, you know, internet craps out. Like all the things that could go wrong and it was totally bad. Just willing for anything and everything to show up and not having a judgment about it and also actually seeing the gift in whatever it is. It's like if the kids scream, okay, you know, how do we use that to create a different conversation or... Natural sounds, the rain in the background, yes. Exactly. (laughs) So it's going to question about it as well then. It's not going to the judgment of you. It's the willingness to have anything show up because the one thing I see is people strive for perfection, but perfection is actually a judgment rather than their willingness and the allowance just to be you no matter what that takes. Yeah. And being you is not getting anything right or wrong. It is what is and not having that judgment. And even when people judge you, not making it real, which I think is a place that we can all have. So how do you, how do you not make that real? If you're, if you are perceiving the energy of someone judging you, what's one question or tool that you would give people that they can start to not make that real? Because I see people do that so often. It's like they buy other people's points of view as more real than 
putting themselves in the computation of what they're creating as their reality? Well, two really practical things. One is the tool um, Interesting Point of View. And I'd use this with my mom because she likes to make me wrong a lot, or she used to try. And I would make a choice for me. Like um, I had an acupuncture practice and I chose to close down my, my wellness center and my practice and travel and facilitate classes because I love it. And I wanted to travel and, and do that instead. And she was, you know, oh my God, what are you doing? You can't abandon your patients. This is so wrong. This is so bad. Like, how could you do this to people? Like they count on, like she just kept at me with all these judgments. So while she would do that, I would say in my head, interesting point of view, she has this point of view. Interesting point of view, she has this point of view. Interesting point of view, she has this point of view. Over and over and over until she stopped talking. And then (laughs) I would just say, okay, thanks mom. You know, bye. Right. And I had to do that many, many times. And I remember I went to visit her and she was, you know, on some rampage about whatever I had done wrong. And I was doing this in my head, in my head. And after three days, and I, it was the end of the visit, thank God, she stopped. And it was sort of like this, like she had run out of steam and she couldn't do it anymore. And it's a lot of it wasn't even out loud. It was sort of just her, you could hear her head going. <laughs> and at the end of the trip, she's taking me to the airport and she said, you know, you've changed so much. Like, you're so peaceful. <laughs> and then she said, I don't know how you ever dealt with, you know, your, your dad and your brother and I. We must have been so crazy when, when you were growing up. And it was like the first time she ever acknowledged any of that, you know, that I was different and that they were crazy and that I had this space or this ease. And I was like, wow. And all I did was in my head say, interesting point of view. <laughs> she has this point of view until, you know, but it changed it where she couldn't like hold that in place anymore because I didn't, yeah. I didn't resist and react. I didn't fight her. I didn't say, no, you're wrong, mom. I am, I'm right to choose this. Or I didn't you know, line and agree. And, you know, you weren't trying to defend a point yeah. of view. You were just choosing. Yeah. And she couldn't go anywhere with it. She had to drop it. And it was like, ah. <sighs> okay, cool. Now that that's done, like, what can we choose now? I love it. And in truth, you're just being you and actually functioning from the what else is possible energy. And the interesting thing is, Lauren, I know this tool, interesting point of view. You know, they have this point of view, interesting point of view. I have this point of view, like using this. It's one of the first tools that you learn at a foundation class in access consciousness. And I'm going to take this and run with it because sometimes you hear these tools again and you go, oh, I forgot about that one. (laughs) So I'm definitely going to use that when I'm visiting my family again as well because they get the sense of peace it creates. They've got nowhere to go. And as soon as you start defending something or putting your, you know, like energetically putting your dukes up sort of thing, it's like then the judgment has somewhere to go. Then it makes it real, whereas judgment is never real. Mm And in truth, you just wanted to change something. And it's very interesting because people I see talk about change all the time and yet it's the one thing they refuse, whether it's, you know, changing their haircut, changing their relationship. It's like changing their entire life, changing their business, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's really just embracing that, which is being you and choosing what works for you. What would you like your reality to be like is what I would like everyone out there listening so you'll be at the What Else Is Possible Day. Yes. Um, again, you go to accessconsciousness.com forward slash W-E-I-P. And if you haven't worked it out, that stands for What Else Is Possible. <laughs> and you can join up live stream or live in Noosa, Australia. We'd love to have you there. 
Uh, it's on the 5th of December in Australia. So that's the 4th of December in the US. And if it doesn't work for your time zone, that's okay. You can totally sign up live stream and then you'll get enabled for it. So you can watch it at a later date. You can watch it over and over and over and over and over again if you if you desire, because I'll be doing a joy business, putting the fun back in business. I'm the first one off the block. My point of view is that, you know what, business should be fun. And my aim, my target, my desire would be that every single business in the world is actually using access consciousness tools and asking questions so that they can have more with no judgment and have more with ease and be, you know, in communion with what we can create and the willingness to have, as Gary Douglas says, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? So it kicks off with putting the fun back in business with myself, Simone Melissa's, and you can find out more about that at accessjoybusiness.com. And then the next one following is Mr. Christopher Hughes, who couldn't make it today because he's doing a radio interview in LA uh, about right voice for you. And then we have a little lunch break. And then I think we've got the, is it being you up next or the right riches? I'm first up after lunch and then Margie and Rebecca will be closing us out. Cool. Yeah. So we've got 90 minutes each. So, and you can actually ask questions too. Like if you want to come on, we've got people there. If you're coming on live stream, you can, you join a little Skype thread. You can ask questions. We've got the whole, we're going to look after you. We've got your back and the classes go where the people desire it to go. Cause we have so many tools that we can give out, but it's your questions to actually create this as well. So I just wanted to touch on one more thing. Margie, you mentioned before the 10% account. Uh, for those of you out, out there listening who go, what was she talking about with a 10% account? Can you just give a really brief description on how someone creates a 10% account and what that looks like? Yeah, a 10% account is really simple. 10% of every dollar that comes into your bank account or comes to you, you put 10% aside into a separate account to create, I call it a cash cushion. Once you get to a certain amount, it will give you a completely different sense about money. And it's something we've done well before Access, but it's just such a valuable tool. I encourage everybody to do it. Me too. And I know for myself, when I first heard this, I was like $187,000 in debt. And I was like, what? Put 10% away from me? Put me in the computation? Like make me number one? Which is what essentially this is about, is 10% is an honoring of you. So I did it because I thought, what's the worst possible thing that can happen? You know, that I have to actually spend the money. Or I have to do something else. So I gave myself the demand that I would commit to three months of doing this. And what I noticed at the end of three months was there was a totally different energy available for me. And as Margie mentioned, for myself, when I got about $30,000 in my 10% account, it was a completely different feeling of waking up in the morning because I had money. I wasn't scrambling for money. I wasn't looking at, you know, where's the next money coming from. I actually had money. So each person has a completely different point of view, a completely different amount of money that gives them that sense of peace with money. So 10% account, first tool, even if you don't join us for the What Else Is Possible Day with Right Riches for You with Margie and um, Rebecca, use that tool of 10%, put away 10% of everything you earn into an account, into a shoebox, whatever it is you desire. A really good friend of mine actually used to go and buy gold. He used to go buy gold bullions because he found it harder to go and actually spend the money. He'd have to go back, 
put the uh, sell the gold and create some cash and then sell it. So we had to think about it quite a few times. So I want to thank you guys so much for being on this podcast today, the art and industry of business and living. And this is the What Else is Possible with myself, Lauren, and Rebecca and Margie. And please join us, accessconsciousness.com forward slash W-E-I-P. We'd love to have you on the day. And if you want to find out more about Access, accessconsciousness.com. We are in like 174 countries around the world right now. So join us somewhere. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Lauren, Margie, Rebecca, thank you so much. I love you guys. I adore you. And I'll see you sometime soon. Thanks, Simone. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Simone. Bye. Bye.